Okay, we gotta do this the right way. Belt Radio. got to do this the right way. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gabe is off today and tomorrow, and uh, I'll tell you what, it was quite a weekend. Tom Repke and his wife, Melinda, went to see The Chosen. Along with a lot of other folks. Yeah. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Mark. And Wendy and I went to see The Chosen. And man, it was uh, quite a weekend for a conversation at home. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Good to have you back. Good to be here. Uh, And Happy New Year. May I be the last to (laughs) wish you a Happy New Year. Uh, Because we haven't seen each other since 2023. We haven't. It's been a year. Yeah, Yeah, it it has. Uh, You know, we're not going to do any spoilers here. We promise. Right. Not going to do it. Uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, the chosen this morning. Tom is kind of our watchdog on cultural issues. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and boy, is this a cultural thing? It is. Uh, I don't know about the theater you were at. I would say we were at least 90% full. That wasn't the case where we were. We went to the matinee though. So maybe. Oh, okay. So yeah, we were in an evening showing and, uh, the front two rows like, where you get your neck stiff from staring up at the screen. The, right. The only place there were empty seats in the whole theater. Got so, it. Yeah. So cool. Uh, so where do we start? I mean, I guess one place that I definitely want to start is that this is a little bit more now than just a little movie about Jesus and his life and his followers. It is. Where did we kind of jump that fence? I'm not sure. I mean, I think the idea of being on the big screen. Well, that, yes. I mean, actually, uh, you know, got home and there's some resources you can get if you capture the QR code. So if you go and see it, get your phone out because Dallas gives you permission. But it was just interesting watching just some of the clips of, from the premiere and how excited the cast was that, you know, it's it's a different kind of story when you see it on a large screen. Absolutely correct. Right. For all sorts of reasons. Well, and one is just glare. Right. You know, at home, you know, it's fun to watch The Chosen on our nice TV. We have a nice TV at home. Right. Uh, But because so much of it is filmed at low light. Exactly. With, you know, trying to replicate candlelight and things like that. that, yes. You've got the glare from any light you have in your room reflecting off your TV screen. And when you're in the theater, you really are in it. You're, you're in the story. You are. And I think, you know, as I, I said before we went on the air, I, I, I confess I'm sort of, I've come to the storyline a little later. Uh, I don't know why, partly because I, I've seen enough as a former youth pastor and even as a lead pastor, the mailbox is filled with, there's this new thing coming out. It's like, really? Is it, you know? We'll get we'll there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Keep going though. So, but it's just beautiful just to see it and to experience it and and just the excitement behind it. And since they've not done it this way before, you know, to be able to re- to promote it through the, the theaters, although they did, they dabbled a little bit at Christmas time. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And I think they got a return from that that said, 
let's keep going right. with this. And I, and I think it even reflects there's a hunger in our culture right now for, for just positive storyline. And I think even the rawness of just all the things they've walked through in the first three seasons mm-hmm. and now what they're leaning into in season four and this is a seven year process, which is like, there's a commitment there. And I, I sort of feel like it's almost like you know, the star Wars saga, you know, when George, <laughs> George Lucas started out, he wasn't sure he had this vision for nine movies. And he wasn't sure that number one was actually going to make it. Right. And so, you know, it was yeah. on yesterday, the first one, uh, and, you know, and it was like, you could tell, you can see the death star sort of, it's not perfect. And it's like, it's like really just fireworks blowing up, but you know, what Dallas right. has done with telling the storyline in a very real way and what technology allows to sort of put you there in Capernaum or put you there in Jerusalem, uh, I think is beautiful. So here's, let's start with this question because this is a question that Wendy and I got asked as well. And I think the answer is pretty easy. Wait a minute. We're going to be able to stream this for free in a couple months. Right. So why would I go to a theater and pay? Well, what's your answer, Mr. Repke? Well, I think it's the theater experience. I mean, starting out, it's just, it's on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I think there's something about that. And, and I, I'm hungry to hear the story. And, yeah. you know, and, and so I don't know. I mean, let's talk about that. Well, to me, the other answer is, and we kind of answered this to Wendy's dad in this way. Um, this entire project is crowdfunded. It is. And so, yeah, I can buy the merch or I can, you know, I can buy a a DVD to have in my house. But boy, when you go to a theater and when you put your money down, money talks. It does. In Hollywood. Right. Money talks. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, too is how one movie can debut with so much money and be termed a failure. Right. And where a lot less money is made by The Chosen, and it's termed a huge success. It is. But when you vote with your feet in your pocketbook, exactly, Hollywood takes notice of that, whether they admit it or not. Well, and the fact that, you know, it's number two. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into that, too. It is uh, number two in the country. Uh, now, I guess we'll just kind of lead into that. Let me grab my uh, stuff here. Okay, this is from BoxOfficePro.com. The film that was number one this weekend is a film called Argyle. Um, or Argyll? I don't know. Uh, it is in the number one film in the country. It was released by Universal Pictures. It made $18 million, and it's being termed a flop. Go figure. I know. <laughs> and it's probably because a gazillion dollars was put into making it. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. marketing, sure. Number two for the weekend is The Chosen from Angel Studios at $6 million. Uh, over one-third less screens than Argyll. And number two in the country, and it's being termed as a success. Excellent. I'll tell you what. If Hollywood isn't embarrassed, they really should be. Because what Dallas Jenkins and his team have shown is you don't 
have to spend a gazillion dollars to get something that people want to watch. Right. And he's proving it every time he releases another episode. Correct. Impressive. It is. And like I say, somehow he ended up in my feed uh, on socials Mm -hmm. and was listening three years ago to his storytelling. And I'm just going, I don't know, right? Just the vision he was casting. But I I have to confess, he's turned me into a real believer because I've seen the power of, even as I said, uh, they've allowed churches to use some of the clips from the previous seasons. Right. Uh, and, and I've used those to just help put context to like the feeding of the 5,000 mm-hmm. just to sort of see what does this look like, right? I mean, to get in your eyes. I mean, you can read the scriptures and some people say that should be enough. You should just read the scriptures. Absolutely. But you just, must. I mean, that's, I posted that today, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Right. You want to know God, you got to read the scriptures. Right. Absolutely. But to see it, it, it we're such a visual generation now. I mean, yeah. video is king in every context of telling our stories to see the beauty of that played out. Uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. It goes beyond words. I think, uh, you know, the woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well, I mean, the, the various storylines that we've seen, you know, played out or we'll see play it out. I mean, obviously thinking about, I think we're going to see the, you know, the resurrection, you know, the, the, the Lazarus being raised from the dead. Not to be a spoiler, but it is on the posters. So. Uh, yeah, it is. It is the image. Uh, yeah. So, and, you know, the man born blind, John chapter nine, oh, in, goodness. Yeah. this weekend, wonderfully done. Right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> another, this is a non-spoiler, but John's mom starting, oh, uh, James yes. and John's mom starting to get into the argument about why Peter gets to be the rock and they don't get a, a really cool name. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're headed for it, aren't we? We are, yeah. yeah. And, and I know, too, just listening to some, you know, trailers and some clips and some podcasts that, you know, I think season five is going to be Holy Week, as mm. Dallas has revealed. So he's talked about that. So that's what we're going to through this season. So, hmm. And then what what does that mean for season six and seven? Because he's made that kind of commitment to continue mm-hmm. to tell the story, which I'm excited for also. I hope. And, and, and this is another thing Wendy and I were talking about as we... We're headed home or on Saturday when we talked about it almost all day. I hope season seven takes us well into the book of Acts. Let's hope. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I would love to see Peter in that situation in Acts chapter 10 and 11, uh, Acts 2 and 3. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. And Paul, who could you get to play Paul? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. And we'll get back to talking more about The Chosen with Pastor Tom Repke coming up. By the way, even the music. Oh, amazing. For The Chosen. Yes. uh, For those of you who know Christian music, you may know the name Dan Hazeltine. Yeah. Dan Hazeltine was the front man for Jars of Clay. Now listen to this, because it's got Dan Hazeltine all over it.
talking The Chosen this morning with no spoilers, no spoilers, with Pastor Tom Repke from Linden Road Presbyterian. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Mark. So where do you want to go next with this? Because we've been kind of uh, setting things up in a lot of different ways from the business side of this to uh, the exploration of the character side sure. of this. Where do you want to go? Well, let's talk about it. Let's go back to season one. Okay. Right? And to see how the, he's been building. So remember in season one, we see the calling of the disciples. Yeah. And then we meet this fisherman who's drowning in debt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also a, a woman who's wrestling with demons. And, mm-hmm. and then we've got a publican who's sort of being ostracized by his family. And so you get all these amazing storylines that we know we have in Scripture. Exactly. But the way he lays it out with such uh, beauty of telling the story in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And I know that stretches some people. I'm sure. But I'm sure it does. I just think the beauty. And, and then we get to see Jesus through the eyes of those that met him in a very amazing exactly. way. Right? Exactly. And then in season two, we sort of see Jesus stepping off in his public ministry. And then we see there's tension between the disciples. Go figure, right? Right. We, they, were, we were told about that right. a little bit. As they were trying to scripture. figure out, who is Jesus? Who is this mm-hmm. guy? As they begin to go into Samaria. And then we get into season three with uh, where Jesus delivers the most famous sermon in all of you know, human history, right? And then are the, the, the idea of the consequences then of, of what it means to live out his teachings. Right. And then how the world changes because of this message of his. And I think the intensity of the political realities of the time. Right. Uh, you know, I, I love so many different characters. Wendy and I were talking about this right. all weekend, right. too. Quintus. Yes. Just, I just get a kick out of Quintus. Yes. In a kind of a wrong way. Right. But he, he's just so snarky and evil. He you is. know, And yet... You wonder what's going on inside his head. And, of course, Gaius. Yes. You know, I have high hopes for Gaius. Well, I do, too. Winding up at the foot of the cross right. someday. Yeah. But, that, but then in that, I mean, in season, season episode eight of season three, we have, you got Gaius and you got Quintus, but then you have the story that we're left with with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Right? We're left right. with Jesus' story. Right. Which overhangs everything. And then you've got uh, Atticus' story. Right. And then you've got Judas's story. Right. And then you've got also Nicodemus and Jairus and Yusuf's story. You know, hand, the the way Dallas handles things. Right. For instance, uh, for people who have not watched this, you probably might have a little problem wondering how Judas would introduce himself to Jesus. Mm. And Jesus asks yes. Judas, are you ready to do hard things? Yes. And Judas says yes. Yes. And Jesus says we will see. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think part of what I love, and this is sort of through all those hanging stories from episode eight of, of season three, is this idea, when you look at the lives of the disciples, there's that they're living into this, I want to suggest confusion about just who Jesus is and his ability to solve some problems, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. As they begin right. to see who he is, and, and you can see in the trailer for season for season four is like, okay, this is all going to change now, right? Mm-hmm. This game that we're in the midst of, the story that's being written is going to take a whole new turn, right? And it's like, oh my goodness. And and I, I we know the story, but to see it played out, I think, on the big screen especially. Right. As Rome begins to converge on this, because they want peace right. in within their realm, and the Sanhedrin 
are beginning to converge on this because they want peace in their synagogue. Right. And. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> okay. Fast forward to 2024. You're exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I think exactly. that's what I take encouragement from is here's the story being told. And I think what people are looking for is just, they're, there's hungering for just maybe not sure what it's about. And so we were having a conversation about, you know, who to take to the movie. Right. 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 Uh, and I, I just think, you know, it would be interesting just because of the people I spend time with outside of the church. Mm-hmm. I think they need to see that, you know, a, a God who's much different than how he's been presented to them. And that things don't always have nice, neat, clean right. resolution. Right. Not only on a screen, but in real life. Well, and I think, what, you know, Simon... In season three, he and his wife go through a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. And, you know, again, if you haven't watched the series yet, okay, maybe these are little spoilers <laughs> along the way, but they don't change the overall. Right. We're not going to give you the whole story. Here. Right. Right. But, yeah, you look at Simon and Eden. Right. What a great portrayal. Exactly. And the messiness of a relationship. Right? Exactly right. When you're drowning in yeah. debt as a as a self-employed businessman. Mm-hmm. And, and then how, and again, a little bit of a tease, you know, watch it if you haven't seen it, where, you know, Jesus sort of figures out how to solve the debt problem that Simon has, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and even the character of Matthew. On the spectrum. Right. Which is interesting. I, I really, I didn't know that until it's like as I was watching him, because I, I work with some families that have children that are on the autism spectrum. And it was like. I think he's on the spectrum. Well, Wendy and I said the same thing and you, in season one. Right. Yeah. You go and look and sure enough, yes, he, he is. is. And yeah. the beauty of that, of showing mm-hmm. that, that here's a real story of a person and of all people, right. Tax collector, right. It makes perfect sense for Matthew <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. count the beans. Right. 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 Just the beauty of all that. So I think the encouragement is, you know, this is just one more opportunity uh, and, and I think there's a thoughtful process that Dallas has pursued. And I think God's blessing it in a way to create conversations. Exactly. And I will say this. From the moment we left the theater on Friday night. Right. Till we got home. Wendy and I were in conversation. Sure. We woke up Saturday morning. And we were in conversation. Same in our house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we had a... Um, we had a uh, a memorial service at our church late Saturday morning, and we walked in, and there were uh, our associate pastor and his wife, and they were sitting a row behind us okay. on Friday night, and we started conversing about what we had seen and experienced. I love that, and I have a feeling that that is probably very intentional. On Dallas Jenkins' part. Well, I, and I actually saw him is sort of promoting it from the premiere of mm-hmm. saying, okay, the way this, this season's going to run since it's in the theater is, first of all, bring a big box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that, and because of that, it, it demands a larger venue. So the idea of actually doing it in the theater just because of the story that's being told. You're in community right. as soon as you sit down. Right. 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 And the risk of that, because as you're in the theater. Right. And again, not not to offer spoilers, but there's moments where you can hear, you know, you can hear people going, you know, and as yeah, I said, exactly. my line is I talked about it yesterday at church, encouraging our people to go see it is like, I didn't see that coming. 
Right. I, mean, I know the scriptures. I right. go to seminary. <laughs> right. I did study the New Testament, but it's like, okay, that's brilliant because it helps to fill into, it's, it's a plausible theory, right? And, and that's what it is. You know, two things on that. One is uh, somebody was writing, Wendy was looking at the, uh, the responses this weekend on social media, and Dallas Jenkins was answering some of them. Right. And he answered one very gently. Somebody said, well, I sure hope you get back to the scriptures really soon. Right. You know, and Dallas said, 90% of what you see in The Chosen is not in the scriptures. Right. We are telling a story that the scriptures are a part of. But you need to remember that we're trying not to have anybody act extra biblical, like right? Go outside of who they are. And I think too, what I really appreciate is that he has what he, he calls his round table mm -hmm. and you can actually watch these. Okay. They've, they've been going on since season one where he sits with uh, David Guffey, who's a, a priest from Santa Monica, mm -hmm. Jason Sobel, who is a, a, a rabbi also Doug Huffman, who's at Talbot Seminary as the evangelical, and they talk through the script mm -hmm. and just to say, okay, does, how does this play? And so there's a thoughtfulness there of telling the story and the risk taking, but I think that's the storytelling part, right? So nowhere in scripture does it talk about Simon's uh, wife miscarrying. Right. right. But when I think about the story, that's my story with Melinda. We went through mm -hmm. a miscarriage. I know the emotion of that. I've got some friends that have gone through that. I'm guessing everyone listening to us this morning has somebody. And to see the rawness of that and, exactly. the, and the frustration and the, yet the beauty of how do we resolve this. And, and the idea that, as we talked to even, the idea that, um, you know, one of the things I've always been frustrated with as I read the scriptures or trying to process is that Jesus doesn't heal everybody. Exactly. Right? He picks some people and then even how he heals them. And it's just like, okay, that seems pretty... Pretty, you know, like that's harsh. I mean, because everybody needs to be healed of their brokenness. Exactly. And yet, at the same time, that's our story as human beings. I mean, the foot of the cross is level. Uh, Jesus came to rescue us. And in some, he causes, you know, and brings about physical healing. In others, he brings about ultimately spiritual healing. And that's our journey as human beings. And until we get to heaven, till you know, the second coming happens, that's the plight of what we're living into. And it's interesting, too, and we're going to take a break here in a second, and we'll finish this up. But uh, it's an interesting, too, that the disciples themselves, at just the same as in the Scriptures, but they're not going verse by verse, but same as in the Scriptures, the disciples themselves aren't getting it yet. <laughs> Thank you. They aren't getting it yet. And yet... <laughs> Nicodemus, right. as he hides behind that pillar and cries, he absolutely gets it. Right. You can see it in his face. He cannot make himself go with the disciples right. and, and with Jesus, but he knows because he knows the scriptures. Right. He knows exactly who Jesus is. And I, you know, it's like we sometimes beat up on the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, and I... I get it because they thought they were, I mean, just the interactions that we see with the Sanhedrin and, you know, those people that are in the religious authority. It's And like, what we saw Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, 
And, you know, the, the introspective part is that is like, and so even the idea is like, well, then there's hope for me, right? Because if I'm, Amen. I, I'm not getting it completely Amen. As a, as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, right? Yep. Which should be a good thing for all of us. Amen and amen. One more segment coming up. I'm with Pastor Tom Repke. He's here before he leads Bible study with us on uh, the 14th for our fourth birthday. That's going to be fun, by the way. It is. Yeah. yeah it's okay to say to. there's a happy birthday before that, too. Well, yeah, I guess that's okay. Happy birthday, Mark. Well, thank you. Yeah, actually, the day before it is. our station's fourth birthday is my birthday. Well, we don't get it lost. And, and we, I see Melinda has already provided the cake. Yes. Oh, my. With fun sprinkles. Yeah. Oh, my. All right. Okay, we'll uh, get to Andre's forecast. Coming right up, more with Pastor Tom. Also coming up. of walking on the water again this is season three it's already out you can go see it if you want but i'll tell you what walking on the water that scene had me on the edge of my seat and i was in my own living room (laughs) my goodness oh wow As somebody who is a creative person, Tom, I have to say, um, you know, usually when I see a movie that I really like or a series that I really like, I tell Wendy, I really like to hang out with those people yes. on the screen. Yes. They seem like great people. They are. But this is a little different. <laughs> uh, you probably saw my social media posts. I would give just about anything to be in that writer's right. room. Right. And to listen to the the creativity and the thoughtfulness and the scriptural study brought to bear and then the grueling nature right. of trying to get it all down to one hour. Right. I mean, that to me, that would be one of the most fun things I could imagine would be to be in that room and just talk well, and through I, these things. And I think it's interesting yeah. just to go a little back on history. I mean, the name Jenkins, does that ring a bell? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. He's got a dad who's written, I believe right now the count is 210 books. Yes. Yeah. Jerry Jenkins. Yes. Yeah. So, it cut, you know, it's apple tree, right? Oh, exactly. And yeah. it's beautiful how growing up, because, you know, that, that series, the Left Behind series, if you don't know it, is, mm-hmm. you know, part of what he wrote with Tim LaHaye. Uh, there was some controversy around that. Of course. But yeah. I think it's just interesting that Dallas and his own, the way he's wired, the gifts that God's given him has gone after telling these stories in, in, a, in a way that I think connects with people today in a whole, in a whole fresh way. And it's interesting, um, you know, as we think about if you haven't been out, uh, if you've seen seasons one, two, and three, definitely go see season four. Uh, you know, and uh, we're a couple weeks, week and a half away from episodes four, five, and six. But even in the beginning trailer, when Dallas Jenkins addressed us as the audience Friday night, he's up in Canada 
filming a wonderful book, uh, The Greatest Christmas Pageant or The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. Yes. It's a book he had been pursuing, as I uh, heard him talk about it in an interview. He's been pursuing that book for 12 years, trying to get it to film. Right. And so there's more coming, and it's more than just The Chosen. Right. And I think that is another signal to Christian moviegoers, media consumers, whatever you want to say, that maybe something is starting to turn, you know, as far as Hollywood listening to people like us. I mean, coming up on the heels of episodes seven and eight, I mean, directly the week after episodes seven and eight come out of The Chosen, season four, Cabrini comes out. Right which is the tale of that nun who comes to the slums of New York in the late 19th century. And it's also by Angel Productions. Right. And so uh, the films are starting to come now. Well, and these are the same folks that did Sounds of Freedom. Exactly right. So, and again, you know, whenever you're doing these things, everyone has a a perspective and an opinion. Right. But I think what's beautiful, and, and it's demonstrated, you can see it, and I've been around enough important people, Right. Yeah, you Just have the you way have. the way he handles himself in public. And so the idea that this whole thing has come about because of crowdsourcing. Exactly. And there so is no big studio behind any of right. this. And he feels a commitment to that. And what mm-hmm. and so the beauty now, what concerns me is like anything else. It's like, you know, fame. It's just like, OK, how does he maintain that? And so I think right. even like how they had the premiere where they invited you know, they filled a theater in Los Angeles with, you know, their friends. Exactly. And we have other friends that, you know, they offered the opportunity with the fee of 5,000. One of my pastor buddies, Paul Lintern, and his bride, Pam, went to Texas and stood in the heat. And, oh, you I'm know. jealous. I know. <laughs> I've known Paul for quite a while, and, oh, I'm jealous. I tried I to, to talk to him about He it. gave me a picture of he and his bride together, but, you know, we tried to, as we watched it, when I showed that clip at church, it's like, yeah. Can't see him, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. It was a great conversation. You know, I think the thing that this comes down to, for those of you who have not uh, yet uh, seen what The Chosen has to offer, I'll just come at it from this way. Wendy and I were late on season one. Season one was already, you know, out streaming and all of that before Wendy and I jumped in. Right. Um, and one of the reasons we didn't is probably a reason that is pretty common with Christians. And it's a, a reason that our daughter only, our oldest daughter only now started to watch The Chosen and is really loving it. Right. And that's because. Yeah, it's the same for us. I mean, it's like right. Christian stuff isn't always done with excellence. Exactly. And so Dallas, I think, is, is, you know, he's walked into this before he ran. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, now trying to manage that because it has, you know, Netflix and all the studios are paying attention in that regards because they realize there's a, a marketplace here. Oh, yeah. For excellence. Right. Yeah. And I think all of us have seen Christian films that I guess the word, I'm sorry, cheesy. Yeah. Might. Yes. Might fit. Okay. It does fit. All right. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, but in this case, I mean, from the moment you are in episode one of season one. Right. And that first scene with Mary of Magdala. Oh, yes. 
Yes. You know you're watching something different. Right. And it has never let us down through three seasons and now into season four. The quality yes. that they are demanding of themselves is very impressive. Right. And I think even the pursuit of, like, it reminds me of what Peter Jackson did with the whole Lord of the Rings saga is like, uh, they, you know, they've created spaces. Not everything is done. You know, they're trying to do real. So the, the place they have in Texas where they're filming these things and, mm -hmm. uh, just as a tease, don't miss the opening. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> exactly. you get, get your popcorn before you get there because you get a chance to see some things that it's like, Oh, this is such a commitment to not just a backlot studio, but actually, you know, perspective with, you know, rivers and lakes and, mm -hmm. you know, walking spaces, trails that just really gives it all. But you had to bring up the Lord of the Rings, didn't you? I did, yeah. Peter Jackson didn't include Tom Bombadil. I'm still... There's still time. I'm still... <laughs> I'm still a little, well, but even, a little bit ticked yeah, by that, but, but he, that's okay. He, even the technology that Peter, you know, that they right. didn't have it to begin, he made it. And I think Dallas is doing similar kinds of things. I agree. And I, I love that because as Christians, we should lead that way. Well, let's, if you could... I mean, this wasn't a Bible study, but uh, let's finish by praying for what this could bring. If you would lead us, Tom. Sure. Yeah. Father, we are grateful that technology and the beauty of what can happen in a theater can encourage us in our faith journey and to make things real. Uh, mm. For some of us, we need to see it that way. We need to read it and hear it, but we also need to see it played out. And so we're grateful and we thank you for the blessing that you have allowed. And so we pray just for continued favor as Dallas leads in, in a sense of humility and humbleness that those that have ears to hear, let them hear. And that the larger message of who Jesus is that gets lost in the noise may people hear that in a real way to see how Jesus meets us in so many different ways and the beauty of that. And bring the kingdom and allow us to see how you'll uh, grow it in, uh, in the days ahead as we lean mm. into all these things. And we pray it through the strong name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. See you in a week and a half. Yes, sir. For our fourth birthday. Yes. And please thank Melinda for my early birthday cake. We will. I appreciate yeah, it. Happy birthday, Mark. And thank you. And let's uh, kind of in honor of the Apostle there. Peter. There we go. Yeah. Ain't no rock. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Alvin Slaughter on 91.9 Heartfelt Radio. Blessings. 745.